this one into the night. Jimmy Rollins is going to try for three. Here he comes. In the air, down the right field line. Way back there. On an RBI hit by Mitchie Poole. Here's the throw to the plate. It's in the air. He is. Oh! The 0-2 swing and a miss. Struck him out. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Phillies Nation podcast. I am your host, Ty Dobbert. We're coming at you with another episode as the Phillies postseason run in 2022 has come to a close. They lose the World Series against the Houston Astros this past weekend. We're recording on Monday. They lose game six on Saturday. An unbelievable run. They win the NL pennant. They go back to the World Series for the first time since 2009. Like 2009, they come short. They're not able to win it, but still... This last month or so, one of the more memorable stretches of baseball in franchise history. It's not hyperbole to say that. I think sometimes when you're caught up in the moment, um, when something's going on, it's easy to maybe overemphasize how important or how unbelievable it is. But this one, I, I don't think it. I don't think that's the case. This was really unexpected. It was a lot of fun. Phillies packed a ton of incredible, exciting moments in, into a, about a four-week span. They brought playoff baseball back to Citizens Bank Park. They clinched the National League at home. They put together a lot of wins and made made, made it really fun to, to watch the Phillies and take everything in over, over the last 30 days or so. As always, have my co-host Nathan Ackerman with me to break it all down. Nathan, Phillies lose game six. Just what are you thinking right now? Taking it all in. Yeah, you know, it's um <laughs> uh it's I don't know. I don't have much else other than the way that she put it. It obviously it was a ton of fun, but you know, there's only it's kind of cliche, but like a lot of teams have fun seasons and then only one of them gets to end it with any sort of joy. So I guess that's kind of the boat that we're all in right now. But I need your input on, on something because I was thinking about this pod and I was thinking about, you know, putting up the first pod after the season's over and after they lose. And I was like, do I put the intro music in? Because I was thinking about it and I was like, all the calls from 08 and all the excitement and all the hype. I don't know. I don't know if it if it if it feels right. So I need you. I need you to weigh in. Um, it's a good question. Eh, we let's leave it in. Let's leave it in. All right, I'll put it in. <laughs> give 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 people. You know, they'll get excited just for them to be brought down. Just a couple minutes later. That's that's what we do. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. But no, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's um, it you know. I think game six, like game six was obviously brutal and we can get into it if we want. But I think after after game five and the way that they lost game five, it was like, you know, you kind of wanted to say, like, oh, they can they can win two straight and there's still hope. And and there was. And, you know, they, they've given us a lot of reasons to believe that they could pull off something miraculous. Um, but game five was, man, we haven't pawed since yeah. that. And that game yep. was just brutal. So it was you know. it, every for every time that they they put something together, you know, they give up in, in game five, Syndergaard gives up that early run and then he puts together like three solid innings right after that. And you think, all right, maybe he can go out in the fourth inning and get one more immediately gives up a homer to, to Pena. 
they start to come back. Segura gets that hit. They they're down one run. Runner at third, first and third with one out, and Brandon Marsh comes up. They let him hit, and he strikes out. Though basically the only thing you can't do that. Yeah, that was a deflating. That was a deflating loss. Where that was the one where it really felt like like they let one slip away. They faced a better team. They faced yeah, better pitching, a better lineup. Um, and in spots like that where they kind of give you some chances, especially when Justin Verlander was not very good. He ended up with a, a solid line in game five, but he was not very good. And they kind of let the they kind of let it slip away. They, they just didn't execute. And yeah, the, I think the writing was a little bit on the wall where you can't lose that kind of game when you are when you're the underdog in the series and because the other team, the better team is, is going to come through, especially when they're moving back home. Definitely, yeah. definitely there was some reason for for people to hold out some hope. But yeah, game five was the one that probably did them in. And game six comes around. Zach Wheeler, he was really good. They had the quick hook on him. They bring in Jose Alvarado to face Jordan Alvarez, and he hits it. Uh, to a spot that I, I've never seen. Like, that would have cleared Tal's Hill if it was still there. He might he might have nailed the flagpole if it was still there. That I guess we can get into the decision right there if you want if you want to very quickly. It's probably been beaten into the ground, this discussion. But as they did the whole postseason, they kind of had a quicker hook with the starter, and they put in... They put in Alvarado. He's been their guy in those spots almost every time. He uh, threw a lot this postseason, and he threw a center cut sinker to Jordan Alvarez, and that's not always going to work against him. Yeah. So I understand why everybody wants to kill Rob Rob Thompson for it, and it's just like like that is the matchup you absolutely have to get in that in that spot. I mean that's that's the out that you absolutely have to get there. And like Wheeler had been looking good and it is true that they'd been hoping to see in game 6 ex- exactly what they saw from him. He was throwing 98 to 99. It wasn't really falling off. His stuff looked good. He was hitting his spots. He looked great. I don't think it was a terrible idea. Like I I understand wanting to get the lefty on lefty matchup there. I get that Alvarado hadn't looked quite like himself the last couple games, but it's also like I was thinking about Game One of the Wild Card series when they put in uh, Sir Anthony, and he had had a brutal sep- September. Like it was just not good. He didn't provide. He, there was no confidence in him heading into the playoffs at all, and and they and they put him in in a big spot in the seventh or eighth against Goldschmidt and uh, Arenado. And it was like, well, they were basically telling him that they didn't care about the past month and it needed him to get the biggest outs of, of the season because he was their best reliever at that point overall, especially against right-handed batters. So, And then he goes out and he strikes both of them out. And I was thinking about that and I was like, that's the kind of thing that got them there. And and I get that you you can't really follow the same formula the whole entire ride. Like you can't do the same thing every time because, oh, it's what got them there. We can talk about that as it pertains to the lineup with, you know, Harper hitting fourth and Castellanos hitting fifth. But, like, I understand why he did it, and I understand why they put in their most, like, the guy that's probably the most likely to get a strikeout in that spot against a, against a left-handed, uh, yeah. you know, guy. So, it's especially, like, their best lefty, maybe the best left-handed hitter, 
you know, in the sport other than maybe Bryce Harper. But, you know, the point is, I understand it. I also get why some people might be like, it isn't about pulling Wheeler. It's about who they went to. Like, maybe you go to Ranger there. But again, also, yeah. if you're if you're going for the strikeout, which I think that they were, you like you would you'd probably take one run there. But if you're going for the strikeout, they probably put in the guy to get the strikeout. And yeah, he had seen him a, a few times in in the World Series, but like so had Wheeler. And you know, it's just it just didn't work. Like, can we not do the whole Rob Thompson lost them the World Series thing? You can disagree with the with the move. They did score one run. Maybe they would have scored more if they you know, had, had more margin of error to play with, but like, it's just so easy to go back in hindsight and say they shouldn't have done that. Although I get it. And I get, if you were saying it in the moment too, I didn't hate it. Jordan Alvarez just hit a home run. Like he's a really good hitter and he got it. Yeah. He threw yep. him 99. It didn't, it didn't really move. I love how after the game, he, he was like, yeah, it was straight. It didn't, it didn't move. If it moved, he would have had no chance. Like, he just lost the World Series and you're still talking, which I love. Very funny. I'm very, I'm very pro that. But yeah, th- it didn't it yeah. didn't work. Not not everything has to be like crucify the manager. Yeah, I think the one thing that does sting and Wheeler was throwing well, but I understand like he's hit walls before and he not like he was getting crushed, but he ran into a little bit of trouble. He, Maldonado was crowding the plate and he hit him, gave up a fielder's choice, gave up a hit. I get it. Like you, you can't, you can't afford to kind of like let him get blown up and, and wait too long to, to take him out. And then, and then it's out of hand. I know it eventually got to that point where it was because of, because of that Homer, but I, I get going, I get taking him out there. I, I really do. And I think the one thing that does sting a little bit if you're the Phillies is I, to be honest, it, all right. I I guess with Zach Wheeler putting together that that performance right there, maybe it changes what I was about to say. But I, like Ranger Suarez, if he hasn't been the Phillies' best pitcher throughout the whole postseason, he's right behind Zach Wheeler at, at number two in any role, any any situation. And I think it stings a little bit that you yeah. lost the the deciding game without kind of unloading the clip and not having a Ranger out there at any point. I get why you go to Alvarado. He's been he's been your high leverage guy for for so long, and I agree. Like I'm not going to rip them for it, but I think it does for them. Like for back of a lack of a better word, like it sucks that they they didn't get to go to Ranger and like get have him play a role in the deciding game. Yeah, at the same time, people were like, "Oh, this is Kevin Cash all 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 over again with Blake Snell in the 2020 World Series." No, it's not. It's not. It's really not that egregious. I get that maybe he could have stayed in for another batter or two. And yeah, it does suck not to unload the Ranger clip, as you put it, and then lose the World Series like that. But but like, wouldn't it have also kind of sucked to not unload the Alvarado clip and lose the World Series too? Like, he's been maybe your third or fourth best guy overall, especially, you know, against lefties. So yeah, like, I think just it sucks to lose a world series. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yep. Yep. It does. It does. Like they, they missed opportunities and they got beat by a better team. And I think that's kind of how it went down more than anything. And they didn't hit for the last three games. They did not yeah. hit. I will be thinking about 
the Edmundo Sosa three-run homer that wasn't the Chaz McCormick catch and the Harper hit by pitch in the ninth inning of game five, way more than I'm going to be thinking about the decision to put in Alvarado for Zach Wheeler. Yeah. Uh, I can't. The thing that sticks with me is like, I could not believe they didn't pinch it for Marsh in game five. Yeah, me too. I could not believe they didn't put anybody in. It was over seven with four strikeouts against Ryan Presley. It was just like the most obvious thing ever that he was going to strike out. Like, yeah. Not to not to not to rip him, but he doesn't put the ball in play that much. And yeah. they needed a ball yeah. in play. Yeah, and they didn't like there wasn't a perfect option off the bench. Like Nick Maton strikes out too, and Edmundo yeah. Sosa, like he's fine, I, but I, you know, I think I think even I think it's righty righty, but like I think the call is probably veerling. Like you trust he can probably. put the ball to play. And but odds are like, like he might ground it to a double play. At least he's yeah. fast to maybe break it up. But yeah, and like let's be let's be totally honest. Like I don't I don't want to sound like it's you know it's fifty years in the past, but like if you don't have a good option for somebody to put the ball in play, get down a bunt. You know, you don't need to suicide squeeze. But like the guy's not up there throwing a hundred. You can you can lay down a bunt and you can get the run home. So I, again, I would have rather had somebody else swing the bat. Away the the Astros, the Astros tried that in game five. Didn't work. I forget who, who did that. I honestly don't remember. I just remember Gurriel was, was that third? Well, <laughs> Phillies aren't, aren't the Astros. True. That's true. But yeah. All right. We've talked about the loss for a little bit. I think more importantly, what people want to hear and what I think, like it's deserving as we can just recap the run a little bit, what the last 30 days of our lives have been, what it's been like for people following along for people to kind of feel like they care about Phillies baseball again in the same way that they did maybe 10, 12 years ago. Um, And it came together a lot quicker than it did back then um, where the Phillies kind of just like caught lightning in a bottle and they captivated a lot of people and it was it was fun to to follow along and be in the city and and take it all in so if you want to if you want to get us started with this discussion just I don't know whatever whatever route you want to take this I'll give I'll give you the reins here yeah it was just like a month where you feel like you feel like you're living in a portal in, in a weird way. And it's like, you don't think about things in terms of time, but you think about things in terms of like, what's, you know, what's happening with the Phillies and what should I think about with the Phillies right now? And what should I, you know, I'm going to tweet something about the Phillies and what should it be? It's like, you know, it's like, it just feels like you're, you're like living in this alternate reality where like everything is just about the Phillies for a good month. And then like, I found myself after game six, I was like, well, what do I think about now? You know, I was like, I have all these thoughts, but like, where am I supposed to, put them in yeah. the Phillies because that's like 90% of what I've been thinking about for the last month. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it was just, everybody talks about how sports are like championship or bust. Right. And I get why Bryce Harper would say that after game six, because, you know, he's the face of the entire organization and he was brought there to, to win a ring and, you know, whether or not, whether he, he does or not at some point is like, you know, that obviously matters a lot. And he's not going to say after, after they lose, like the last game, he's not going to say, oh, you know, it was great that we made it this far. It was still fun. Like he's he's going to say, you know, we lost and it doesn't matter when when you lose. But like, I guess it, it it's sort of just like taught me that obviously w- winning a championship is like priority number one. But 
I can't quite get to the point where I'm like, oh, this was the exact same. It doesn't matter any more than if they had like missed the playoffs or lost in the wild card series. No, like, I'm, no I'm, that's I'm ridiculous. Not there. I'm ridiculous. not there at all. So no, it's completely ridiculous. Yeah, like they didn't win it all. That sucks. Obviously, you wanted them to, but like that was so fun, and people are gonna remember that forever. And yeah, maybe they would have looked on on it more fondly if they'd won it all. Actually, obviously, they would have done that. But like, come on, I can't. I can't get to the point where I'm like, oh. It doesn't matter. They 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 did the same thing the Mets and the Braves did, which is not win the World Series because it's like you can't these 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 kinds of things don't happen all the all the time. And you, I would I would rather finish first, but I'd rather finish second than sixteenth. So you know, yeah. I guess like maybe that's like a loser way to put things, but I don't think it is. I don't like, think it, it is fun to yeah. It was it was fun to you know, win all these game ones and like think about the possibility that they might move on to the next round. And it was only until like the start of the NLCS that I was like, oh, they could actually win the World Series. But like that doesn't mean the wildcard series wasn't fun or winning game one or winning game one against the Braves. Like it was it was all fun. It was just fun to be able to watch them and think about them all the time. And again, feel like you're living in a like a time portal or this alternate universe where it's just all about the Phillies for a month. And I think that's something that people shouldn't take lightly. And I think that they will. I think even the people that are saying, Oh, I wish they had just lost in the first round because it wouldn't hurt this bad. I guess when it comes to the pain thing, like, yeah, that's, that's fair. It it sucks to get this, this this close, but I think in a month or two or even a week or two, it's like, people are going to be, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And if you, I get why people, you know, they post stuff or, or say stuff and while it's still fresh shit, saying stuff like, oh, like, I wish they just didn't even get this far. But yeah, if you, in a, after a couple of days or a week, if you can't, like, take a step back and be able to appreciate, like, ev- everything that, that you got to see, it's like, then what are you, what are you in this for? Um, yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you watch at any of this for if you can't? Yeah can't step back and realize that the first game of the playoffs they put together like one of the most ridiculous comebacks you'll ever see mm-hmm. thanks to absolute cardinals disaster class they move on they bring postseason they get to max freed in game one of the nlds they bring postseason baseball back to citizens bank park they kick it off by absolutely like blowing up spencer strider and then with the reese bat slam and they they beat the, the they beat a division rival team in it um, in the Braves and they uh they move on they clinch the NL pennant at home with with Harper hitting the home run like it's just you couldn't write this stuff like it's almost no. too it was almost too unbelievable and they came up short but like the moments they put together are like if people don't look at those fondly even even though they lost it's like then I don't understand what you, what you're what are you paying attention for? Yeah, and look, the same logic doesn't apply to 2020 when they were 20, I think eight and 32, and like whether they were going to keep Clentac essentially rode on whether they would have made made the playoffs, and it was an eight team field, and there was no fans, and you wouldn't get a home game. Like it's it's not the same as that because in that I can I can understand why there were some people who were like I hope they don't make it so they can just move on with this and it wouldn't mean anything to make this expanded eight team field and then probably lose in the first two rounds one or two rounds but like 
in terms of long-term organizational, you know, what it, what it means for the future of the, of the team, it's like, what better outcome in terms of like, a like a spark for the future could you have than, than this year where you had a, a bunch of guys who had no playoff experience, you know, say for like two or three of them now get so close to winning a title two wins short and now they know what that feels like and they have all, all the experience now too and now you have a front office that's like you know for the last few years it's been do we go all in maybe not because one guy is not going to push them over the top well now it's like maybe it will because you were two wins away now maybe you go out and you get Trey Turner Carlos Correa whoever it might be but like you know it like this is not the same as losing in the wild card round or not making the playoffs at all because it's like a it was fun but b like this is going to set you up to go all in for the long term now and <clears throat> be even more juiced up to like you know take the extra step next year so yeah and and again i get why like Bryce Harper doesn't say that and i don't know if people wanted Bryce Harper to 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 say that and be like oh well we lost but at least it was fun and at least we got this this far it's 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 different when you're talking about that so yeah it, that was my like main main thing it was like i don't know they didn't win at all but that doesn't mean that it was all for naught like that was yeah. that was fun yeah and it does it does set them up well where you're better shot of attracting free agents and players want to stay it's just winning makes people happier than losing but at the same time they're still going to be in a good division they're if they're going to ever do this again they're probably going to have to win a three-game wild card series again where it's like there is no guarantee that this happens again even if they are set up well and i think they have a good shot to go back to the playoffs next year but you never you never quite know so like while while i agree with you it's like it's like got to focus on two things at once like you you have to well you can be like yeah this could set them up for the future like i think people like really do need to realize how like there's no there is no guarantee like this ever happens again and even if they do like maybe they don't get out of the wild card series where so yeah i just want to like hammer this point that it definitely they didn't win at all which which is gonna sting for a lot of people but the type of like the type of run that they went on where they were like not favored in any series and they came up big in almost every big spot until the world series like who who knows when anyone's gonna see that again from yeah from this team yeah, and and everybody still looks fondly upon the 1993 team and the 07 team because it was like, you know, you've had years of doing nothing until then, and then you just all of a sudden do this thing. And I realized that 07, like they got swept in the first round, so it wasn't quite exactly the same. But like, you know, the 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 point stands that that people look fondly upon those teams, and they don't really as much upon the 2019 because they just won the World Series the previous year, so it didn't quite hit the same. But like, again you missed the playoffs for 11 straight years and then out of nowhere you'd go to the world series as an 87 win team and you have all all these moments and we were talking about it just like a half an hour ago that like like you know you were saying if if you rank the top 10 things to happen in the playoffs like the catcher hitting an inside the park home run might not make the list or i forget what exactly you said maybe it was jeans yeah. 
no, this, it, yeah, J two it was no, it was Real Muto's. Yeah, inside the parker before recording, I said, you know, the Phillies catcher had an inside the park home run, and when they clinched the NLDS against a division rival, and it it might not be top ten because just they they put together all these like euphoric moments, and they really stepped it up up at home, which is like which made it all better. Reese Hoskins went off at home like, up until the World Series. He had a bad World Series, but. Had all had all those homers at home. This Harper moment happens at home. They clinch it at home. Ranger Suarez puts together some good outings at home. It was just, yeah, it was. It was. I feel like I'm repeating a bunch of the stuff. It was just unbelievable the, yeah. what they were able to do, and it it does. Like, it sucks for people that it that it is over. Like that. That's kind of that's kind of the vibe I've gotten and kind of how I felt like after game six ends, like you're not really like upset that they lost or like mad at them or you didn't, Yeah, I didn't necessarily feel like, Oh, like they had more to give uh, or anything like that. Like you got shortchanged by them or anything. It was just like, this was a very like unique month of baseball where, as you mentioned, like everyone's, you're just like locked into the into the Phillies and just all your thoughts are like about these games and and this team or what the people you know are going to do for this game or what's their pitching matchup going to be it's just like 90% of your day you're thinking about this this playoff run because it was so captivating and after game 6 it's just like yeah it's uh it's a little bit sad that it's over well but it's the other thing that's kind of crazy is like free agency starts on on thursday or friday yeah yeah and we, like we, the gm meetings i think start today we're gonna have to on this pod we're gonna have to pack all the free agent preview stuff pretty close together okay oh didn't even think about yeah. that but that's also kind of fun like normally it was the phillies are done and then you wait a month and it's like i'm watching these teams play and it's like it's playoff baseball so it's exciting but i don't really care Mm-hmm. And then it's just like I'm waiting to hear about a GM meeting with another GM who might sign a free agent. It's like, ugh. but now it's, you know, you only have to do that for a few days and then all the stuff happens. So, yeah, kind of crazy. All right. Here's here's something I wanted to do. We talked about this before we recorded it. Um, I think people will remember all the all the big moments and there were so many, but we just alluded to it. There are a lot of moments that were crazy and exciting, but they'll almost fly under the radar because there were so many. So this, the Reese Hoskins bat spike and the Harper home run to send them to the world series and clinching the world series. And even probably like the first Castiano sliding catch, yeah. people are going to, people are going to remember those ones and, and rightfully so, but what are some of, I wanted you, I wanted both of us to go through like a handful of some of the underrated moments that kind of slip through the cracks a little bit that are going to stick out to you and you're, and you're going to remember um, along with all these, all these bigger ones. The boom hit by pitch was a good one because, you know, obviously you look back on it and you're like, oh, that was what kind of started it all. But the way he like got right up, he, he took, I think it was 101 
like to the to the elbow when he gets right back up and he claps yeah. toward the bench and he's like let's go and then gene comes up and he gets the two run single next made it that much cooler so that was one that i liked um there are uh, there are a lot more but i guess i'll start with the first one that's a good one um for me game one of the nlds in atlanta game one ranger suarez he's kind of battling through his outing gets this gets a big double play um but then i think it's the third or fourth inning he ends the inning with a with a strikeout and like for the first time in his whole career he decides that he wants to like show some emotion and he's screaming and he's like stomping off the field and he's all amped up like that was that was really cool and um i think in the postseason it's cool to see guys like if their demeanor shifts a little bit like that where when usually they're calm um they <laughs> kind of get fired up like that and then in kind of like on the same note guys who are usually really animated like harper has never been one to shy away from uh from a celebrator or anything like that and then when he hits the home run to send him to the world series like he's stone-faced doesn't really react which like that was also cool i get there was like just a ton of good reactions from them but i think the suarez one in the nlds uh that one sticks out to me that was that one was was fun cool to see gene also after in game three of the NLDS, CS, which one was the weird one? That was the NLCS, right? Yeah, weird yeah, against, against the yeah. game three against the Padres. Against the Padres, yeah. He made he made like a sliding play or a diving play to his right or to his left, and then he he, his left, yeah. Yeah, he gets up and fires it to first, and he's like, it, Gene showing emotion isn't the same thing as, you know, Suarez doing that, but he's like yelling and screaming and like, you know, stomping his way off the field after that, which was cool. Um how about the Castiano single oh, game four of the NLCS, the one that hits the bag? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird how many like weird Castellanos moments there are that are going to make this list because, you know, it wasn't great. But that one was cool just because that was the game where they went down 4-0 and then they, they came back and then they ended up like leading by four by the sixth or seventh inning. And it was like, man, they just erased a 4 nothing you know, lead without having to use any of their top arms. And like, that was, that was, that was one of the coolest games of the playoffs for me. And yeah, you know, the, the fact that it, you know, it was, it was a, it was a ground out up the middle. He would have gotten thrown out by the second baseman, but like the fact that it hit the bag and bounced into center field, that was. Yeah. Cronenworth was right behind it and it just shot away from him. Yeah. That was one of the whole like team of destiny. It's like, this team is doing something magical sort of, you know, hit even harder yeah another good one for me just nlcs game four was completely ridiculous the one where that was yeah that's the one where the starters like, couldn't get out of the first yeah clevenger and uh and falter where well first the the hoskins like two homers to to uh help them win that game and the harper double were were pretty were pretty nuts but Connor Brogdon coming in and absolutely shoving in relief after he looked like terrible against the Braves. That, that was like, that's going to go underrated, I think, but he was incredible. He went two and a third after Falter yeah. couldn't go out of the first. He looked incredible. Um, that was big. And then another, here's another like random pitching performance one. 
Noah Syndergaard like owning Ronald Acuna for whatever reason and in, in in the NLDS struck him out twice. That that was that was ridiculous. That that was a good that was a good Thor start. We we were like a pitch away from a good Thor start in the World Series too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did they bring him back? Eh, I wouldn't need to do this right now. But there there was a lot of talk about like bring Thor back, maybe be your number four, number five guy who's pretty good in the playoffs. It, I don't know. He, I really? don't know if he'll be. I don't think he's back, but I'd consider it. And yeah. do you have any other ones you want to want to touch on? The the Harper talking to Boehm between their two homers thing was was cool. Um, and then the way that they that that Boehm played it off, he was like, he didn't tell me anything. It was it wasn't anything. Don't worry about yeah. it. None of your business. That was that was cool. Um, that was funny. Also. Andrew Bellotti had a big strikeout in game one of the NLDS too, um, in like the third or fourth inning or something like that. When yeah. I think it was still seven one, but they had made it seven three or something against against Brogdon. Um, and then Bellotti comes in. Hand Brad Hand also had a big strikeout that game too. It was like yes, there did. were so many jams that they were in where like some somebody comes through, throws like a nasty slider and gets them out of it. And then yeah, that game was cool. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think I had one more. Um, just like the fact, the fact that the way that they almost blew Game Five of the NLCS, like the Sir Anthony in the rain inning, yeah. um, made it like like the Harper Homer is not an underrated moment, but the way, like I think people almost forget, like how deflating and how terrible that was like what a like what a horrible way to lose that would have been before harper lifted them up and i think it was cool i think it was cool the ranger was the one who got the last out after robertson ran into trouble i think that's something that people will appreciate um in time and i think people will come to really like at some point be like ranger suarez was incredible this postseason run and ooh, one more good one. His uh, the comebacker in Game One of the World Series, and he yeah. flips it up to himself from his glove to his bare hand, and he's he's the best at that. He he's absolutely the best at that, and he was he was just so good. It was fitting he was the one who got to close it out in the NLCS. I liked how both the playoff clincher and the wild card series clincher were Nola to Eflin. The fact that it was it was them too was cool. Yeah, definitely. Um. Do you want to do all right? Last thing I kind of wanted to hit on. This doesn't have to be a super long episode, but just a few few more things we wanted to touch on. Wanted to keep this broad, also. Just like, what's the like the one thing that when you think back on like the twenty twenty two Phillies playoff run, what like what is the thing you're gonna remember? This can be like something on the field or off it uh, you can take it the direction you want to go but like what are you just gonna when you think about what what's kind of the association that you'll have when you think of this this postseason run yeah i think they just look like they were having so much fun you know and it was like it had been a while since we saw a phillies team that we were like oh this is cool these guys are fun and this team is like a likable team and from everything like you know, Brandon Marsh wetting his hair. And that wasn't just a playoff thing. He's he's always done that. But like watching him 
you know, go out and do that. And everybody's like, why does this guy for the in playing center for the Phillies have wet hair all the time? And then he would come back and like bark at everybody after he did something. And then, you know, the the what they would do in the clubhouse where they would all start like barking at people was was cool. And just like the way that they felt like they were having so much fun. It 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 felt like they were playing such like an innocent style of baseball where they were like, I don't know. I I did you see the tweet that was like the Astros are like a perfectly engi- uh, engineered team that like nobody would want to mess with because they're like perfect in every way. While the Phillies are that sign can't stop me because I can't read like as in the form of a baseball team, which mm-hmm. is like a perfect way to put it because I don't know. It, it didn't feel like sometimes I think when you watch these, these great teams or these, these great runs, when it's a bunch of inexperienced guys, it's like, it, it 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 almost feels like they're too and I don't mean this in a bad way at all but like they're too like naive to understand what's really happening it just felt like they were just going out there and making crazy stuff happen and like oh when are we going to do the next crazy thing so the way that they like yeah. recaptivated an entire fan base and just did this again out of out of nowhere like there was a lot of after after game six and I don't want to keep on you know coming back to after game six but like after game six there was a lot of I don't know if this is the start of a run because yeah, it was great. They made the world series, but they only won 87 games and they were still a pretty flawed team. And I'm like, what, what I'll remember maybe the most is that that almost made it better because it was like, it truly came out of nowhere and they were super good in June, July, August. But like the fact that they just did that out of complete, everybody expected them at least to lose to the Braves, but you know, a lot of people had them out against the Cardinals, not not even getting a home game, not winning around in the playoffs. And they just like they just did it like out of out of nowhere. And they won 87 games and it, it didn't matter. And they won it. You know, they were two wins shy of winning the whole thing. And it was like just the fact that you felt like they were going to find a way to get it done because we're so used to expecting them to find a way to blow it and not know how to how to win games. But it was like there weren't that many games during the playoffs where I was like, oh, I'm super nervous or unsure about whether they're going to get it done because it just felt like they were somehow even when they were down 4-0 in game four of the NLCS it was like you know how are they going to win this game so that was the thing I'll remember the most is it just it just felt like they were just having so much fun and it made everybody else watching them have so much fun too yeah I think I think for me the thing will be um after a lot of like there were always there's always diehard Phillies fans and people who follow the team and people who cared enough to rip them rightfully so over the last decade or so. Um, but there's also a lot of apathy and a lot of games, even this season where like the seats are empty and like it was well-deserved Phillies were kind of a disaster, a disappointment for a long time. And after such a, such a great era from 07 to 11 people didn't feel a connection to the team because they weren't that good they cycled through a lot of players and they collapsed a bunch and they were they were just not that good and there's a lot of apathy about about the team and i get it um and you know we do this pod and we write about the team and we try to like you know be like objective observers and stuff but at the same time it's like i grew up someone who like grew up watching the Phillies and 2007 and 2011, like grew up a Phillies fan. And I was born in 
2000s. So like, those are like the years where you first start really understanding baseball. And, and I think when you're a kid um, at that age, you think like, Oh, just like something about the Phillies is that they're always good. Like that's something inherent about the Phillies and everybody cares about them a lot because mm-hmm. everybody loves that, that core and that team. And then you grow up a little bit and the team isn't good. And you realize like, Oh, it's not always like that. And now sort of that like different part of my life um, and do like watch the team in a different way, but it was cool to see in like the blink of an eye, people start to care about this team in the same way. And now I um, just graduated school. I live in the city now and it was, it was very, like very special to see people buy into the team and um, have them care about baseball in a way that they did uh, back in 2007, 2011. I think that's what's what I'm going to remember it, you know, the games where I'm not at home writing recaps or whatever, being able to take this in with, with my friends and the people I care about and whether we're watching at somebody's house um, or going out to, a restaurant or a bar so we can make it down to broad street um, as soon as they clinch the clinch the pennant um, being able to take it in with other people and see the way that it makes people excited is what is what made this so cool in addition all the all the moments um, taking it in with with other people and seeing the way they care about it is what made the last month uh, you know like honestly one of the one of the best of my entire life. It was, it was so fun to take in. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I live on, on, on the West coast. I'm like 3000 miles away. So I didn't get that, but like I watched game six out of Phil's bar, like here in SoCal. And, you know, there were, there were a lot of people there and more than half of them were like, yeah, I don't really care all that much, but you know, I started watching at the start of the playoffs and like, then I got a Phillies hat and it's like, now I've been watching the team and yeah. it's like, it's like, you know, there's 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 a lot of the oh, we don't accept bandwagon fans and it's like, you know, no, like you're a fraud, but it's like hop on board, you know? Like that was the whole point that people wanted people to buy in and they wanted yeah, people who had like fallen out of love with the with the team or maybe didn't even care in the first place, like to just care once again. And this is what it did. It like created those fans like people were bandwagoning to the Phillies. Like that just sounds like an oxymoron because that couldn't happen for the last 11 years. And so, yeah, there, it, it just, it, it feels like it created a whole new group of people that are like, I'm going to watch baseball and it's, it's going to be cool and it's going to be fun. And I'm going to care about this team, even if I haven't been like a diehard fan my entire life. And it's like, great, you know, cause that's what makes baseball fun. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. All right. I think that, pretty much does it. I don't think we have much more to add. We somehow um, made it through this whole episode. We have mentioned the name Rob Thompson, but we somehow have not made the point of how ridiculous it is that the the spot when he was hired or when he was promoted the interim manager when they were 22 and 29, that he took that team to the World Series. I, I had this take a while ago on this pod. He is absolutely one day going to be on the Phillies Wall of Fame like he is going to be one of the most beloved figures in recent Phillies memory um, for the job he did along with all these, all these players. And what, what, a, what a ridiculous, what a ridiculous 
run and time to to take in this team it's like it almost it still feels like you said like what are we even talking about like it's almost it seems too ridiculous to even be true yeah well said all right thank you everyone for listening as we uh recap this this phillies playoff run as nathan mentioned before free agency coming up off season coming up if you've been a listener for a while um as you know we'll have mock off seasons we'll have guests we'll have reactions to different news and we'll make it fun for the off season um not sure if it'll be quite as fun as as talking about the postseason but we'll do our best and we'll make it worth it to listen thank you everyone for for listening throughout the season for tuning in through the playoff run it's been been a tremendous season um looking forward to doing more and we'll talk to you next time